there's this strength and yes there's fear but there's you can't be brave if you don't have fear and i say that to my kids all the time too this is a therapy for dads podcast i am your host my name is travis i'm a therapist a dad a husband here at therapy for dads we provide content around the integration of holistic mental health well-researched evidence-based education and parenthood welcome So welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Therapy for Dads podcast. I have a new friend on this show. His name is Nate. We met recently through um, Instagram. I'm always reaching out to other men and fathers who have a passion and heart for men and fathers and for their children. And uh, we kind of hit it off, had a conversation and said, hey, we we have to talk further. Kind of had kindred spirits in a way. We're we're, um, really see this for raising really well-balanced, healthy men for positive, healthy masculinity and how that impacts our children and our communities and families, et cetera. So welcome to the show. Uh, Nate, how you doing? Good. Thanks so much for having me, man. I'm yeah. Excited. I'm, I'm glad to have you on, man. Um, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're at? Uh, yeah, you absolutely. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a father of five uh, and uh, live in uh, Nashville, Tennessee or just outside. Let's see. I have two pods of children because I was married at one point got divorced, got remarried, had more babies. And so I have an 18-year-old and a 16-year-old, and then we go all the way down to uh, seven, six, and two. Mm. And I don't think we're done yet. Um, My wife and I both feel like at least one more. I keep Mm. saying, uh, she says one more, but I keep saying, yeah, one more pregnancy, but do you think we can do twins? I don't know if you can pull that off or not, but (laughs) if I can request that, that would be fun. Um, So... Uh, yeah, that's uh, kind of the skinny on the family in our family dynamic. So I have one in college and one in diapers. It works for us. Uh, those two specifically are have a, a very cute and wonderful little uh, connection of their own that uh, when he comes home, she goes running to, zo- running to the door, just you know, yelling his name, Zeke, Zeke, and so excited to see him and pretty much is mm-hmm. on his hip the whole time he's home when he's here. So it's kind of neat. Mm-hmm. It's fun to watch. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but that's kind that's of the... A- that's rundown a rundown on me. <laughs> yeah, it's a college, a and, college and diapers. I mean, right? that's a, that's the bookends there. I mean, that's a college and diapers. That's right. So, yeah, yeah. I, Got I don't one have driving that. now, like another yeah. one driving. So it's like, oh my gosh, like all the, if you could have as much stress as possible, we've just loaded it on that way. Yeah, it sounds like, sounds like that's, that's the case. Just all the stress. Let's keep going. Um, and then if you throw twins in the mix, if, if, you know, if you can make the request. Quest, right. <laughs> since it works that way. Yeah, since it uh, works that way. <laughs> you can write to Santa, you know, write a letter and yeah. know, all I want for Christmas. Um, you think he'd respond with that? Maybe I'll do a video uh, resp- request for that. <laughs> you, you know, he, he, he may. He, yeah. <laughs> you never know. It's possible that he might respond with uh, no <laughs> or <laughs> yeah. yes. Yeah, right. But maybe we should ask the wife first. What, what yeah, is she thinking? Yeah. No, she's, I mean, I think she's, I think it stresses her out. Like when I say, she says one, like another pregnancy, she's like, I know I need supposed to have one more and mm. i'm like and you buy one more you mean like two at the same time right uh, <laughs> one more pregnancy yeah, she loves that it gives her i'm little... sure she does i'm sure she does um yeah and then what do you do what do you for what do you for work like how do you get involved with this dad stuff like your account yeah. like a real quick kind of quick bio on that sure sure so i'm kind of all over the board with stuff i've never had a real traditional job until recently i kind of stepped into the corporate uh like into corporate america with a uh with a company but uh i'm all, I'm kind of all over the place. I've uh, started out as a pastor, and so it was not a normal traditional lifestyle. Anyways, when you do pastoral work, uh, that's usually not too traditional. And then if you want to go to the far extreme, you plant a church, which is what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so always kind of in that constant 
state of entrepreneurship, I guess. Uh, and so started there, ended up uh, in uh, sales doing, I basically did roofing sales in order to get paid while I did the church. Um, mm. When all that shut down, um, I moved to Nashville, did a little bit more roofing sales there, and then got into land sales. And those are like weekend things. So mm. I had free time uh, and I've gotten into the health and wellness space. Mm. Uh, with regards to a few things. And that is actually what got me going into the whole, I guess the direction that I'm in was getting into the health and wellness space and finding that uh, I was not very healthy. And mm. as I got healthier, I became a better father. I became mm. more active and more, I wasn't always tired and just wanting to sit on the couch. I could interact with the kids a lot more, play on the floor. The more I did, the healthier I felt, the the more I got to interact, the more I'm not afraid to like pick my kids up and carry them around. Uh, if you've been to my page at Dads Don't Babysit on Instagram, I, I'm a big advocate for carrying your kids as long as you can because they're going to ask you one last time at some point. You just don't know when that is. Mm. So I'm a big, big advocate for just carry your kids. Like mm. Every time my mm. younger younger ones don't ask very much. Obviously, my older ones don't either. Yeah. Uh, but the youngest does always daddy pick me up daddy carry uh -huh. me and i've just kind of been like you know what like i i i've gotten to the point where i say yeah baby like any and every time until you stop asking and yeah. um and so i'm i'm a big advocate for that just because mm. i want to be able to do that but as they get bigger that's a more difficult hold right mamas <laughs> know that they have like one real strong arm because they're constantly yeah. holding their baby on oh, the yeah. so um being healthier enables me to do that. Recently, uh, talking with a friend and, a, and another company about just the ability to, like, I think, I think like crazy thoughts, like, you know, like, what if my house got on fire? Would I be able to mm. get all my family out? Like, what if, yeah. could I get everybody out? Could I carry them all? Like, could I, mm. what would it take for me to do that? Because yes, there's a fire department and yes, there's all of that. But in the moment yeah. I'm in the house with them and I can work out and do all these things, but if they're not going to make me able to do what I have to do in a situation where mm. it's required, yeah. then, you know, uh, then what have I been doing? Yeah. So, you know, I've had friends say like, why do you want to squat 400 pounds? Why do you need to deadlift 500 pounds? I'm like, yeah. cause you just never know. And if I have the strength <laughs> to handle whatever, right. then, then I'll handle it. And I'd rather have it and not ever need it mm. than need it and not have it. And so it's, yeah. You know, that's yeah. kind of what brought me to that level. And then uh, and then I really turned on to dads. Like I started talking about testosterone and health that way. Um, but then I really turned on to dads in regards to our connection with our children mm. when the oldest went to college. I came mm. home and I sat down and was like, that part, that chapter of his life and my life together is, is over. Um, mm. And like our life together is not over, but that chapter is. And now I don't have the daily conversations and the daily interactions. He's at school. Yeah. And so I don't have him 24 seven like I do. And I really like what really hit me was, man, I could have done that so much better. I, I like, I could have, I could have been so much more relaxed. I could have been mm. so much more understanding. Um, and, and I was always the guy that was, I was really good at the big stuff. Like when, when, you know, like, I don't know, porn and when girls and when stuff like that came up, I was the calm one. I'm like, Hey man, this isn't like all this stuff is normal stuff you're going to go through. But here's what we need to like look at. And right. it was the small stuff that drove me nuts that I just, mm. I sucked at handling in a way that connected with them, with him specifically. Yeah. Yeah. And so I sat down on the front porch and I actually made a reel that was a veteran advice from a father of five. Mm. Um, and that's when I was like, this, no, 
I don't want men to get to this point in their life and wish they had done it differently and not have been told that they could have. Like not have been like, had some guy going, hey, why don't you try some other way of doing that? You know, that took me down the path of like developing myself to become better. If I become better, then I respond better than, Mm. and if I respond better than they get to see a better human. Yeah. And it gives them the example to follow. There's so Mm. many things that come from that. Yeah. I know that's a big, long diatribe as to how that came, but. Which is exactly why I wanted you on this this podcast and to connect with you is because of that exact thing is really that inward reflection of looking at self and saying, okay, how do I better myself as a father, as a man, more holistically healthier to give it away to my kids? Because you had it, you hit the nail on the head is like, because I am the, I am the model. Yeah. Like the model. How do I help dads now kind of learn from what I've learned over the years uh, to help them sooner? Um, And and the reality is never too late because, right, yeah, your kid was going to college and you had this this epiphany moment, but then you realized you you have other kids and you could still use that epiphany even for your college kid. You could still change that. And I think that's the whole thing is it's never too late. But if I could help dads sooner, and that's kind of how you started your page and it's how you started to really help dads like have this holistic health of like, and I got to be doing, you know, kind of doing what I preach or what I say too. I got to be Absolutely. walking the walk. And and I know that's when we, when I heard you say that, when we had our first conversation, I was like, yeah, I got to have you on because that's totally the kind of the, the ethos of this podcast is I, I tend to focus on the mental health piece, you know, but really holistic health. You know, I got that training, that expertise, but I know that that's a, that's a piece of the pie and holistically healthy is all the other aspects of life. You know, it's the mental, right. emotional, spiritual, physical, social, all those things. And we got to integrate all of them. And as dads... The next layer is that, well, then our kids are picking up all of that stuff, good, bad, ugly from us as dads. So, and and I know we wanted to go there today and and kind of as a quick pivot for today, because if we were going to have a conversation about that, and I think this is still relevant as dads. And I think, in in fact, even more so, Mm. but given the recent tragedy and another mass shooting and loss of innocent life, lives, sorry, um, and especially how close it is to home for Nate being out there. Um, we wanted to kind of have a raw conversation in no way. This is going to be exhaustive or in no way is this going to be able to address this big gigantic ball of wax of topic of just tragedy and loss and death and mass shootings and all these things. But I think having a raw conversation as men and fathers around this is specifically around how as fathers, how do we help our children face and address evil in the world? What are we modeling to them, to our boys, to our daughters about evil in the world and how, how to face those things, how to face that when they, when it comes right to their front door or their neighbor's door, um, they look to us as how do you handle this stuff, dad? You know, oh, yeah. and mom, but you know, obviously with dads, I'm trying to talk to dads here. So that's today. Um, and again, no way it's going to be exhaustive, but I think, you know, me and Nate were talking about this earlier. Like we have to talk about this given what happened. And I think we do because it's a, it's reality that we live in. Unfortunately, it's becoming more real, more, I hate to use the word regular. Um, yeah. in fact, I saw this post the other day and I, you know, it used to be, uh, a, the thought of this happening at least in America, and I know that within the U.S. is different than other countries. Other countries have dealt with other ins- crazy tragedies and loss and dictatorships and other things, but at least in the U.S. As therapists, we used to have dads come in or moms, and it used to be kind of a, a, um, a negative, kind of unrealistic thought, you know, a, a cognitive, what we called it, distortion to be afraid of something bad happening. Mm-hmm. And we used to address that as a cognitive distortion, say, hey, this is not realistic. Let's challenge the real the realism of this thing actually happening, of a mass yeah. shooting. Let's talk about that. It's not, re- you know, what's the percentage? 
but now it's not, I don't think it's really going to be considered a cognitive distortion or a yeah. irrational thought. I think it's more, no, this is actually more realistic given how often, unfortunately, it's happening and occurring on a day-to-day -day basis. Absolutely. And so, you know, I yeah. think this is such a needed thing. So, you know, Nate, what, how are you doing with all this? What's going on for you over there in, in Tennessee? Yeah. So uh, obviously it's uh, scary. And I, I was telling you before we even started recording, uh, um, my wife gets like news feed stuff. And so mm -hmm. yesterday our kids, our younger two boys, our daughter, our youngest daughter still not in school. And when she goes like for the two days or whatever she'll go to starting next year, she'll go to the same school. But um, it's the, like they go to a small Christian school in Nashville mm -hmm. and uh, her her news thing came across that there was an active shooter hmm. at a Christian school, Nashville Christian school. And it just said Nashville Christian S C H like dot, dot. So you had to open it. And she told me like her whole, like, her, like she said, the only way she could describe it was that her lungs went cold hmm. because like, like there's no breath. It sucks all the air out of you. So there's this massive feeling of, Oh, Oh good God. Where is that? And hmm. I don't want that happening anywhere, but obviously when you come down, when it comes down to like the, like your visceral, just you, it's, you're yeah. worried about you and yours. And so the moment she's, she sees that it's, is it our school? And so, mm. um, opening it up, there's this sigh of relief of, it wasn't the school that my boys go to, but it's, you know, 20 right. minutes further down the road and, yeah. and other parents are dealing with some very difficult things to, if, if they're not dealing with the tragedy of the loss of their child, which I cannot Mm. I can't even, it makes my, t my eyes tear up right now. Yeah. Like I can't yeah. even imagine it. Um, they're dealing with children today who are asking a lot of questions and yeah. feeling a lot of fear. You know, it's in, it's in those moments where I'm sitting here going, even if you're a parent that's like kids need to sleep in their own bed, you're like, Hey, let's all sleep in our bed tonight. Yeah. Like there's yeah. just something about them needing that comfort and all of that, that comes yeah. into your, like, it just, it doesn't even seep in. It just overwhelms like a, yeah. like the ocean waves crashing over your mm -hmm. soul. Like this is, I have to have that with my kids. And, um, so there was a lot of, for us, gratitude that it was not where it was not one. I'm, a, I'm, I'm extremely grateful that it was not where we are. And that's not mm -hmm. to say that I would wish on anyone. Um, I'm massively mm -hmm. grateful for, uh, Metro Nashville PD. They were amazing uh mm -hmm. in their uh in their movement and i mean from the call going out at whenever that went out i think it was like 10 15 ish uh mm -hmm. within 15 minutes everything was it was done and then mm -hmm. uh and they had neutralized the problem but that then all then comes in all of the all the rest of the the destruction that mm -hmm. people don't really see and that's the part yeah. that's hard is you know i wake up this morning with my kids saying like, how are we doing? You know, like, how do you, how do you turn around and get them ready for school? I mean, my wife is like, I don't even know if I want to send them to school, you know, and yeah. I'm sure that that is the yeah. onus all over, all over, at least Nashville, if not all over the country, that's what makes it difficult. Um, yeah. is that we, you've got to be able to, how, how do you, how do you go back to that? I, I keep thinking about like when we were kids, yeah. um, like, I don't know how you go back to like, oh, okay, well, we just got to go back to school now. I don't know how you do that. But when we were kids, you know, we had fire drills. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember earthquake my teachers. Drills. Yeah. What was I had it? Earthquake. Oh, we had earthquake, earthquake drills. drills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had fire and earthquake because California, we had, yeah. that was, yeah. that was all the drill. We never had a shooting active yeah. shooter drill ever as a kid. Yeah. And my wow. parents talked about, um, 
like Cold War stuff where they had to get under yeah. the desks. And if you go further back, you had like they would run sire. Like it's just interesting, not interesting, but sad. Like mm-hmm. how you ha- look back across what school children have had to go through yeah. over the generations. Uh, years and years ago, like my grandparents and parents, they were dealing with uh, Cold War slash like, oh, what if somebody like what if some enemy comes in and does something to the area? Right. Um, we didn't really deal with that too much in our generation that I felt it was more natural disaster. But mm-hmm. now it's like since 97, you're dealing with they, like they do active shooter prep like we did fire drills. My, I can tell you this, my, my kids school, they do fire drills. And they are not fire drills. My kids think they are fire drills and they uh, are active, active shooter, shooter drills. They just mm. don't call them that so that they're not stressing, which I appreciate. I mean, some people are like, hey, tell them what they're doing. My, my six and seven year old don't need to know that that's what they're doing. They're just mm. going to follow and be like, oh, we have a fire and then mm. go where they need to go. Yeah. Um, maybe the older ones know, but yeah. you know, it's, it's stuff like that where it's like, okay, now we've, we've transitioned from fire drills to you know, active shooter drills yeah. inside the schools. And I don't know. And it's kind of something we said off, off recording, but it's like, that's where good, good people, good men. When I say this, I, I don't mean just men, but mm-hmm. I speak more to men than, than anything else. Really good men have to step up and say, I, I I'm training my kids to be the best people they can be. And mm-hmm. when I think of that, their decisions for their life, like my kids is not on me. It's my job to make the best decisions I can to be the best example I can because no matter what I say, they will do what I do. And Mm -hmm. so if I am the kind of person that is kind and loving and they see generosity and all of the things that I want to see in them, if they see those in me, they are more highly likely that they will follow suit. And so while I am not bound by their decisions in the future or it doesn't like what it does do, I think, is it speaks to my own character and my own willingness to be the best human I could be so that they at least had that example to mm-hmm. follow because they're going to be more likely to follow that example if I do that. And I think more and more men need to be doing that. Um, mm-hmm. I would say that my connection through Dads Don't Babysit, honestly, I'm seeing that. I'm seeing that in guys like you and plenty of other guys that I'm connecting to that are like, I want to be a, a, an active participant in my kid's life. Yeah. I want to be a great example to them. I'm trying to do like whatever they're trying to do to, to do that. Mm. Um, that's, that's, I'm seeing it. I, I keep saying that men are rising and we have faltered for a long time. There's been a lot of men backing out and walking off and doing the things mm. like trying to stay boys. And I think that I'm seeing a great rise of men that are saying, I, I don't need to be a boy. I need to be a man. And mm. doing that will show my boys and my daughters how then they should live. I don't know. I think when, you know, there's the quote, well, like evil only needs uh, good men to sit, like to sit and wait. To, and do to, nothing. To, to, yeah. yeah, to do nothing. Like, for good, good men to do nothing. Yeah, yeah. evil needs to, to, for evil to, to rise and win. Yeah. It needs only good men to do nothing. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that that is teaching our kids through our own actions mm. enables that to grow, I think, on yeah. a stronger side. Yeah, there's two things there that resonate with completely. Is like one that first thing about these different generations of what they had to deal with. You know, our age, uh, we had fire drills and earthquake drills, but the you know generation before was Cold War stuff, and that's the training. And then I think even my great grandparents, you know, they fled. Orthodox Jews fled Russia. Yeah. You know, coming here, and they yeah. they were fleeing 
communism and and being slaughtered, you know, post World War One, and that's why they came here, you know, Absolutely. by my mom's side, which wow. I know a lot of people fled different tragedies and trauma and survival coming here and then it's like again now our i think our modern day is it's these mass shootings at least in the u.s is this is the new thing and seeing how that you know trauma or the survival response can get passed down and different anxieties and different things that now kids take on that of course no parent wants to have to i don't think any parent wants to have to even go through this like right I mean, it's when you think about it as a parent, I'm like, I don't want, like, we shouldn't have to deal with this. Like, right. and I, I'm doing the shoulds, and I, I know that as, as a therapist, as a dad. But the reality is, we live in a world that has evil, that has hurting people. Um, and I, I do believe in evil. I believe that mm-hmm. evil does exist. I don't think it's just, no, I think evil does exist. There's some, there's acts of evil. Um, Absolutely. You know, there's acts of tragedy as well. Tragic things happen. Sure. Um, but I also truly believe that there is, evil in this world yeah. that seeks out to destroy good. Um, and I, that's how I see what happened just yesterday. It's another act of evil, evil seeking to destroy something beautiful and good. Absolutely. Um, and I know that we as men play a big part in that, like you said, into our children. And so I'm, I'm wondering if we could begin to just have this dialogue around what that might look like. And you kind of began talking about, about modeling it and in our modern day, what does it look like to teach our kids about, you know, one, what is evil, you know, and two, and how do, how do we face it? How do we, what do we do with that? What do we do when it affects our, our actual home to, to our neighbor's home? How do we, especially as for men, yeah. teaching our boys and our daughters, like, yes, we, we important, but, you know, trying to really help our, our future men here. How do we teach them what that looks like in, in this modern day? Yeah. To, to stand up or to do something about that? What might that look like? Or what are you teaching your kids now about that? Yeah, I think uh, I think number one is being able to, I, I, I kind of mentioned it, but like just being able to show that to them. That, mm-hmm. Like there's this concept that like the world is harsh, so I have to be hard on my kids so that they'll be ready for that. Right. And I yeah, feel I don't buy like, <laughs> it, yeah, I'm like, I, I'm like, I used to yeah. be that way. I used to think that way. I'm like, oh, oh well, yeah. it's going to, you know, and I'm, but yeah, I, if it's harsh, I got to be harsh to you to make you stronger. It's like I think yeah. that creates, which we now know. I think you know is that actually doesn't actually help the problem. Exactly, <laughs> it, harshness it, it, doesn't beget harshness. It's like no, yeah, yeah, yeah it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't make you that. What it does, it makes them, in my opinion, um, you you kind of either you probably have maybe there are more ways, but I see you either have a kid that's gonna like rebel against that and like fight against you. So you either create a fighter who who hates you. Mm. or you create a kid who just completely acquiesces to everything yeah, and they'll down. just, yeah. and, and they just shut down. Well, yeah. when you take that out into a harsh world, like you have, you have people that when, when, when it comes to making decisions to say, this isn't, this isn't right. And something has to be done. They're not going to be the first person to step up and say, that's not right. We can't do that. Or right. I'm not going to advocate for that. Or I'm going to mm. stand against that. They're going to be like, uh, I don't know what to do. And their whole system is going to shut down. Right. Um, but like I come back to going my home, my home is the place for all of us to feel safe. Like I want to, mm. I want to come home, like in the traditional sense of coming home to a, a house of peace. I want peace in my house with my wife. I want peace in my, with my kids and amongst my kids, like creating that atmosphere that takes, in my opinion, takes a lot of work and a lot of self-discipline. And I mm. always lean it back on the dad for this is a lot of self-discipline to remain calm and relax. Like number one advice to, to dads at any age of kid, relax, 
like just mm. just relax <laughs> like yeah, yeah. you know i got uh like dumb stuff you know like this, to the smallest level of like i have a book i i got the um the parenting map from dr shafali i mm, bought that mm. book i have a green highlighter that i was using in it and i'm like all through it and i'm like marking it up all and i am ocd about that stuff right mm. well my daughter got a hold of the highlighter and then like now the book has hot green highlighter all over it old nate is like yeah right mm. But why? Like, what's the big deal? She got in there. Mm-hmm. She probably saw me doing it. Like, she's doing what I do. She just doesn't have the skills and abilities to, like, mm-hmm. read and understand what she's highlighting. It, but it's everywhere, right? Yeah. And it's, it's being able to come into your home and have the self-discipline to go, like, I have my own stuff, but these are my children. They, they only know the world through the way that they see it from me, mm-hmm. from, the, from the beginning side of things. Um, and then, so they learn kindness. They actually learn self-worth inside of that. I think you could probably speak to that even more than I can, but they find that when there's that loving acceptance from their parents, regardless Mm -hmm. of what they're doing, they actually find a strong sense of self-worth so that when they go out into the world and someone does something or says something, they have the inner capacity and inner strength to say, whoa, 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 what? That's not Mm -hmm. how, that's not how my world works. So you're not going to do that to me. Or yeah. I'm strong enough to say, you're not going to do that to somebody else either. And so that whole concept of the harsh, the world is harsh. So my, my house should be the most loving, accepting, amazing place so that when they leave, they, they'll be surprised by how harsh the world is, but they'll also be the confident human that goes, mm-hmm. um, no, that's not how I live and, uh, and go from there. It, I really truly believe, and I'd love to hear your opinion on it too, is that it comes back to a a discipline on, I say fathers, a discipline on the parents, but I lean on the dads a lot more right. uh, to, to have some self-discipline on how you treat the people in your home um, yeah. and how you act and, and how they see you live mm-hmm. um, because that's what will create the humans that are coming out of your house. Yeah. And I lean on dads too, obviously on this podcast more. So, sure. you know, that's the purpose of it is really trying to help dads and men, you know, have more information, education, understanding on all perspectives as well as the challenge dads and men to be better to to be healthier and we are the model we have to work on ourselves not that we need to be perfect kids don't need perfect but they need to see that we're actually making efforts to address the issues in our own life and to model that health and um you know with evil that's a that's such a big one um you know and how we teach our kids to deal with that you know and Mm -hmm. you know it's that like you said earlier the harsh world harsh home i think no that creates more trauma i think yeah you know, we, then what we do is we give them a um, very narrowed view, narrowed perspective of relationship. And often I think what that might look like and turn into, and, you know, some hot words today is like that toxic masculinity piece, right? Mm-hmm. Which there's so many other words for that that term, unhealthy, unbalanced. I, sure. I know it's a, it's a catchphrase term, toxic, um, but it's true. And it looks like if that's what a toxic masculine would look like is this, I'm going to create a harsh environment for my kids mm-hmm. to make them stronger, which actually it doesn't work that way. It right. creates more trauma and pain for them. And like you said, it creates kids that are either overly aggressive and fight because they have to defend themselves from the harsh environment, uh, or it creates an anxious kid where they, they don't, they can't, they don't know how to rest because they could never, they're always on edge right. or it creates a kid who's always shut down and disconnected and depressed because yeah. they're overwhelmed all the time. So they just, it's like the turtle, they go into their shell Yeah. anytime there's any type of thing happening. And so all three of those are not really a good, I don't think, a good way to raise our children mm-hmm. for various reasons, but specifically with this question of evil and acts of evil and difficulty that comes our way, well, then we're not training our kids well 
in that that very particular perspective to address right. tragedy and trauma and evil when it does inevitably hit someone's life, whether ours, our neighbors, our community. And so all three of those is going to be a byproduct of a harsh home and Absolutely. kind of being that kind of, you know, uh, authoritative, dom you know, domineering dictator home, and it's not going to raise them well. And so with that said, you know, what are you shifting to? And I know you shifted big time and realized, hey, I used to be that dad and I'm, and I'm changing now. So, and now for a short break. So if you're looking for ways to support the show and my YouTube channel, head on over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash therapy for dads. There you can make a one-time donation or join the monthly subscription service to support all that I'm doing at the intersection of fatherhood and mental health. And all the proceeds go right back into all the work that I'm doing into production, into continue to grow the show to bring on new guests. So again, head on over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash therapy for dads. Thanks. And let's get back to the show. You know, with that, how are you shifting? What are you doing to teach your kids? What is like kind of a healthy masculinity or a positive sure. masculinity or balance one look like for you now as you raise your kids, your boys mm -hmm. to kind of raise them up in the sense of, okay, yeah, there's harsh things out, out in the world, but I'm a loving environment to teach you, to equip you to then address the evils that might, that will befall again, yourself, your community, you know, your neighbors. What do yeah. you do practically yeah. as a dad? Yeah, Absolutely. Um, one of the majors is, and this usually comes when there's conflict between the, between the kiddos, but one of the majors I do is, and you see this, I mean, I, sometimes I'm like, you don't see your mom and I treating each other like this. Like, why do you do this to each other? Like, why do you, like, where does this come from? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But one of the things I say to my boys a lot that I try to also demonstrate is that like, um, as men, we're made different. We're like, we tend to be stronger, like physically stronger, physically bigger. We're like, if you think about, uh, I was talking with another, uh, on another podcast with a, a friend of mine named Yon, um, that like women's, women's bodies just in general are softer and, and so more like uh, almost more of like a nice home for a kid. And dads tend to have like, we, just, I don't know, they just more, Bold, I mean, you might be more bony, but more bouldery kind of like feel. Mm -hmm. So you're not as soft. Um, and I don't have any problem with that. And some may disagree and that may not be the whole overarching. That's not a, that's a very big generality. But with that, mm -hmm. I've always said that like we're made strong. So like you're going to be the strength in someone's life. And mm -hmm. that strength is not made to oppress or push down or hurt. Mm -hmm. It is made to help and uphold and protect. And so yeah. Um, when they're hurting, like when, when the older one is really like pushing on the other, on, on the younger, uh, or the younger two or whatever, even the 18 year old, when he's playing with the younger ones, I'm like, dude, you not only need to be, you're, you are stronger than them. They love wrestling with you because of that. It's like another dad in the room kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Right. But yeah. when, when you, the one thing that they don't ever cry when I'm with them, cause the whole time I'm wrestling, I'm strong enough to handle all they're doing. Mm. And I'm also mentally aware enough to know, okay, this will hurt this one. So I'm like, move, like I wrestle with them different just because mm -hmm. I'm aware of yeah. what will hurt them. And I'm like, yeah. you at 18 have to figure that part out yeah. and you will with your own kids. But then I come to the younger, the younger two. And when like Finn is pushing on Wyatt, I'm like, we're made to lift up and hold up and help. Mm. We don't do yeah. this kind of stuff. You can't, right. you know, all the way down to the two year old taking someone, something out of somebody's hand. Mm -hmm. Um, or, you know, well, if, if she has something that they want and they take it from her, I'm like, you're stronger. So that's, that makes it easy. Mm -hmm. So give that back, 
ask mm-hmm. for it. And if she doesn't give it to you, then you need to find a way to trade or mm-hmm. do something that is not infringing on her person mm-hmm. to, uh, to get what you're looking for or be patient enough to let her put it down when she's going to put it down. Cause yeah. I guarantee you she's going to go five minutes and put it down. And yeah. so it has a lot to do with this kind of concept for my boys of, yeah, you're stronger. You're going to be, you're going to be stronger than a lot of people and that's okay, but you don't get to use that right. uh, to your advantage. You use that for them. And so when it comes yeah. to the world outside, I think that that comes into play. Like in this particular instance, watching mm-hmm. the, the body cams from the Nashville PD, I'm like sitting there like, this is a this is this is men. I mean, this this woman is standing outside the house, outside the, the school, and she says, "That's how you can get in." But mm-hmm. she's outside the school, and that dude just opens the door and is like, "We go in. That's what we do," mm-hmm. yeah. um, because he has the training and all of that, which is amazing. But that's where uh, that's how I see that is that there's this strength, and yes, there's fear, but there's you can't be brave if you don't have fear. And I say that to my kids right. all the time too. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, I love that. Can't be brave if you don't have fear. <sighs> yeah, you know, yeah. so I think it's a lot of that. And then inside the home, it's telling them, like, I'm afraid of I'm afraid of this. They don't think I cry, which is hilarious. Or mm-hmm. they don't think I'm afraid of anything, which is also hilarious. Mm-hmm. And so being able to go, this is what I'm afraid of. And mm-hmm. this is either what I do to go after that or deal with that. Yeah. Uh, that <laughs> my kids know that I, what I really want to do is go kayaking with killer whales. Um, it's like, I just tell the story. I, if I say anything, like it like raises the fear in me so high that I can't even explain it. Like I get so scared and they're like, dad, why do you want to do that? If it scares you, I'm like, because it scares me. That's Mm. the whole point. I do things that scare me because that's what makes me not afraid of it is like just facing it. So that way, you know, when we turn the lights out and they're in the dark and they're like, dad, I'm afraid of the dark. I understand Mm. that. But when we face the dark, we become less afraid of it like those kind of things, trying to pass that along to them. Yeah. Yeah. And even hearing that, a couple of things that you said earlier, one that, you know, what I love that you did there, which I think a lot of, I'm not just men, women do this too, I think, is kids, well, there's no need to be afraid. You know, there's no, sorry, there's nothing to be afraid of, right? (laughs) Which is such a like slap in the the kid, you know, it doesn't meet them where they are, but what you did is like, no, it's okay. Like, okay, I'm here. So you're showing that calm, secure, safe presence to your kid, validating where they are, not shutting them down and saying, yeah, it's okay to be afraid. And, but I'm here and let's figure it out versus, you know, there's nothing to be afraid of, which (laughs) is that's, I think that goes back to like more of that household. That's like, you know, harsh home and just kind of the old school way of doing things. And which really just shuts down the kids' emotions. And then the other thing you said that really stood out to me that a couple of things is one, we use our strength as men. And of course, women are strong. If you've ever seen, you know, my wife gave three home births naturally. That is amazing. And by the way, any woman giving any type of birth, you are you are a hero with like multiple capes. Um, mm-hmm. But women are <laughs> incredibly strong. Um, and I want to say that 100%. Yeah, and we're, so we're not saying that women aren't strong when we say this. People that are listening, um, not in the slightest. You said we need to use our strength, our power to lift up mm-hmm. the oppressed, to lift up, yeah. to not use it to get our way. And you're teaching that, modeling that, even in these small day-to-day things with your kids, even with a toy, mm. you know, how we ask, how we wait for patience, how we learn to pay attention to our strength. And you know, strength is a big term, not just sure. physical strength, but emotional strength, intellectual strength, and how important that is 
because that again is laying the groundwork and the foundation for them becoming adults and then having to use that in the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 No, that's my hope for all of my kids is that right there is like, it's like your strength and purpose. Right. So Mm. like we all have some, like I'd, I'd say whatever it is, whether you're a, whatever you find your passion for is probably something inside of you that was placed there for you to not only you to benefit from it, but to benefit the world around you. Because Mm -hmm. I feel like as people, our job is really to make wherever we came, like wherever we are to be a better place because we came by there. Yeah. And so no matter what it is, like if you're a chef, then you're going to make amazing food and people are going to enjoy that. And, uh, you know, and you get to enjoy making it and all of the things. And no matter what it is, you're creating the place where you are becomes better because you're there Mm. or it's better because you were there and you came by that way. Hmm. And so I try to lead them that way. And honestly, man, that's been, I mean, seriously, like it's been a, it's not a, I don't want to say a full on new development. It's been something that's probably sit around me, but you know, my son going to college really hit me in the face of a hmm. man, I could have done so much better and I could have done this and that. And he's a great kid. And like, we've had conversations as well, but it's one of those things where I'm like, man, you could start, you have a lot less to fix. Like your job is a lot easier if, uh, if I do my job right as a dad, hmm. <laughs> you know, hmm. like, yeah. So, yeah, you know, with that, you said also something else I think is very important on this topic of, you know, evil and also masculinity and raising men. You know, you said my kids don't think I cry or or get afraid. (laughs) Um, And let's just I I would love if we sit on that for a moment um, on the idea of like my kids don't think I cry or get afraid, but I do. You know, because mm-hmm. it's acknowledging the fear. To, that's how you. That's how you show bravery. Being brave yeah. is, you know, in the face of fear is facing it, right? Yeah. But the whole idea of not crying, and I think as we all listening probably know, or if you don't know this, I mean, a classic thing that boys are told if they're not raised in a home that's aware, sure, yeah, but more of a you know, a, you know, a home that's harsh home would say we boys don't cry. Exactly. Yeah. And so, w- let's talk about that. Yeah, and sure. I guess, how do you see your kids? Do they do you allow them to see you to cry? And why is that important, especially in, in, in the whole scheme of evil and raising strong men? Yeah, sure. Well, I actually uh, I actually heard, I'm trying to think who it was now. He's on TikTok, and I want to say he's, uh, it's like uh, badass therapist, maybe? Okay. Um, uh, he, we'll check him out. I, I, really, I really like his stuff, but uh, he, I'm, I'm thinking it was from him. But he basically said when you like when you tell a kid to stop crying or when they mm-hmm. are crying because a lot of times my kids cry usually because they're hurt or they got scared right it's not like for me I don't cry when I get hurt and that's probably why they don't think I cry because if I smash my finger I'm like God you know I don't mm-hmm. like, I don't cry about it but right. that's just my response now not my, when I was little I would have cried mm-hmm. um, but he said something to the effect of if you tell them to stop crying then they have to like hold that in the body begins to hold those emotions hundred percent and honestly if that is the case that's still amazing. But if it's not, it resonated with me enough to go, wow, that's amazing. So what I started doing, what is literally like, I just hold them and I'm like, you cried out, cry as much as you need. And if they Mm. stop, that's fine too. I just say to them, do you need to keep crying? Mm. Like, do you, do you, do you need to cry more? And I have gotten to the point where the two year old will cry and I'll just be like, yeah, let it out, baby. It's okay. Mm. And she doesn't cry very long. And then I'll be like, do you, do you need to keep crying? Are you like, mm. do you need to cry more? And she'll say no. And I'm like, okay. And like, I've just like, let them cry it out. Like they, like I said, they don't think I cry cause they don't see me get hurt and cry. Um, and I'm like, you don't ever see me looking at your face when I'm, when I'm watching you and like my eyes fill with tears because mm. I love you so much. Like I cry the most about 
my thoughts of my own children. You know, like mm. my eyes are tearing up right now just mm. thinking about them and how much I love yeah. them yeah. to a level where I, I don't want to sit there and be like, look, I'm crying. You know, I don't want to do that to them. But at the same time, I, I want to hold their faces and look in their eyes and say, you, you make me cry tears of joy. This doesn't, mm. I don't, I don't cry because I'm sad about this. They're, I'm sure they'll make me cry sad tears like as yeah. they go on through life. But they make me cry the happy tears of like, it just, I don't know what that is. This, it's just like it wells up inside your heart yeah, and your soul. Yeah. Oh, and then yeah. it just overflows out of your eyes. And I'm, yeah. I'm okay with that. Let it ride. Yeah, yeah, let, <laughs> yeah let it ride. Um, well, and then even in terms of sorrow, I wonder why, you know, why would that be important for our kids to see that? Like, you know, let's say they saw you cry about what just happened let's say you saw a tear what yeah. why would that be important to allow our boys to see that yeah i mean for for multiple reasons one they need to know that it's okay for men to show emotion like i mm. think that that whole concept of boys don't cry and men don't share emotions i mean um i think you and i were talking about it being like somebody had said to you that it's like only a woman's emotion i'm going that's yeah. not true at all i don't right. know where that comes from but uh, but I think I think tears are an expression that that kids need to see. One, I think for boys, they need to see their dads do that when it comes up. Mm. And you don't have to cry in front of your kids just to let them see you. But I mean, right. when it comes up, to not hold it back because when they see that emotion, it's another example for them to go, "This is allowed. Like this mm. is okay." You know, because I can say, "Cry it out all you need, buddy." But if if they don't see me cry. Uh, for certain things, especially sorrow, because mm. um, that's one where they're going to see me. That's like they may not see my my eyes well up with tears about them, mm. but if there's a like in this particular situation, um, pain, sorrow, mm. to cry from those things, I'm still leading them. I'm mm. leading. I'm the leading example, so that when they are further along, I mean, those they're they're like that that stuff's getting stored away in their in the back of their mind and in their yeah. soul that when they're older, they go, yeah, uh, this is okay. Dad did this. I'm not mm. afraid of that. Yeah. That's my hope at least, you know, I don't, yeah. um, but yeah. Well, that's I mean, what you're modeling. Yeah. 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 You're modeling and, by it is okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I grew up, I grew up in the church and I, I ended up, uh, I, like I said, I was a pastor. I studied, I studied a lot of Jewish history. Mm. Uh, and then you brought up your family heritage. And I mean, what I know is there was sackcloth and ash in the in the ancient times where they would sit in that i mean we're talking the i think the beauty of what i know of the jewish culture was that that was men would do that mm -hmm. they would tear their clothes they would wail, wail yeah, and wail, yeah. and they would sit with sackcloth in sackcloth with which what people don't know is that that's some itchy nasty stuff it was an uncomfortable feel yeah. and then the ash like sit in that is like just uncomfortable because it was a an outward demonstration of all of the pain inside yeah. And something shifted from that culture because you're right. I think the Jewish culture, and not just the Jewish culture, but sure. others as well. But really, men were showing. I think the the array of human expression, and you know, it changed. And then we kind of got to this place of just this: we don't show these things. And I think that that creates more problems than good. And so, you know, the importance of showing our boys it's okay that it's actually strength. It's okay to show this emotion, not to suppress it, mm -hmm. um, but to allow it to come up. Like you said, even modeling, it's okay. You gotta, I'm here and providing that space of acceptance of like, it's part of just being human mm -hmm. and to show that, 
uh, allows the re the release of it versus it being stored in the body and yeah. stuck, right? Because then it gets stuck and then it has to find a release in some other way. Yeah. Um, and if you multiply that from months, days, you know, days, months, years, then it could come. What tends to happen is people tend to find other outlets for release yeah, of emotional suppression and repression and hurt and trauma and pain is. And that's when they turn to other things like drugs, alcohol, I mean, a whole bunch of things to find relief versus, oh, I can come to a safe space like my parents or my dad. And I know that everyone has a home like that. Uh, mm -hmm. Obviously, there's still homes that are those harsh homes, and so they don't have it. Yeah. But what we're trying to create here, what you're doing with your kids is, no, we have a home that you're accepted, the array of emotional expression, and there are do's and don'ts, right? Like, you can be angry, you can be frustrated with your sister or brother, but we don't take away, we don't hit, we I don't... Hate. We got to harness that. We need to relax. We need to breathe. We need to, and it's okay to cry. Like, and I'm here for that. Like, let's go. Like, we're, let it out. Like, okay. And then when we come to what we're doing now and, and how that impacts raising, setting these foundations. So by the time they're adults and they're out of our home and college and they're leaving, um, I guess, what is the hope for you? Like, you know, for your children, for your, and specifically for your boys, what is your hope for them as they leave your home? And even you already have one out of the home, but what are you hoping for them to do when acts of evil hit? Mm. How are you hoping and wanting them to use their strength, their sphere of influence, their power? How would you like them to be able to respond to evil in our world? Yeah. Um, well, when it comes to some of this, like I have some, uh, I, I think this might have been off off of the recording, but I, I was saying how my dad is very pacifistic uh, and, in, in the sense of being a pacifist, like no guns, no things like that. And I have found myself swinging all the way to the other side. Um, and I said it before, you know, evil only needs good men to stand down and sit down for it to succeed. So there has to be that. And I feel like I don't really know how to show them this other than to live it. And so when things are not right outside the home, when things like mm -hmm. this happen, um, it's almost to the level of as small as there's a car on the side of the road. Well, we pull over. And I go see most of the time now they're like, Oh yeah, I called so-and-so and they're on their way. Okay. Are mm -hmm. you okay? Sure. And move on. Like, mm -hmm. but my boys seeing that, I mean, I used to carry tools in the, in the truck mm -hmm. so that if I needed to, I could help. And cause mm -hmm. it didn't used to be cell phones and all that. And so if right. someone was stuck, they were stuck. Yeah. Um, the last thing I want to see is, and this is going to sound like gender roles. I don't really, I don't mind that. But like if I, the last thing I want to see is some young woman on the side of the road, trying to like change your tire all alone in the rain. You mm. know what I mean? And, and unfortunately, again, raising good men is one of those things where unfortunately there are men out there that will prey right. on that. Yes. And so being a good man and being the one to stop, because the moment I stop, no one else is going to. They're going to be like, oh, she's okay. Oh, she's mm. taken care of. And a, and a not good man is going gonna... to keep on going right. because he someone's there that is right. able to do something. And so in my opinion, it's it's those kind of things. It's them seeing me do that. It's this might have to be more conversation than action other than them just knowing anytime I see something, I step up, you know, right. you see, it, it's one of those things where I'm still growing this way too, because I've been more silent and just growing my voice. It's just like, you know, you see somebody like yelling at somebody else, be like, Hey, is everything okay here? Like what, like mm -hmm. what's going on? Is everything all right? Is you know, and I mean, I tend to come from a protection standpoint, so I'm probably going to stand if it's a man and woman, I'm probably going to stand and be like, ma'am, is he, are you okay? Is he bothering mm -hmm. you? That kind of thing. Um, if it's a smaller person just being like, Hey, are you all right? Like what's going on here? Trying to step in the gap, um, mm -hmm. to, to show 
even if there is fear in that, you know, stand in the gap to, to show, Hey, uh, this is not how I don't want this going down around me. Yeah. Uh, that's that side. And then just having multiple conversations of when you see something, say something, I have a tendency yeah. to tell them on the good side of things. Hey, you know, like I always use this example cause she was so scared to do it. But I look at my oldest daughter, she was probably five or six and she saw this girl that had dyed her hair blue and she was like, Oh, I love her hair. And, I, mm. and we were at a restaurant. I said, well, go tell her. You know, it's that kind of stuff. If you see something, say something. Yeah. If it's something that's not okay or looks like someone's in trouble, like right. step up because yeah. we are good people, yeah. right? Like, like you come from you come from a dad who I don't want to hurt people. I don't mm-hmm. want to see them suffer, and I don't want to be part of their suffering. So when yeah. I stop, there's no fear there. I mean, this is the weirdest story, but mm. I literally saw this mom come out of it was pouring, pouring mm. rain. I'm all alone. And I saw this mom, she comes out and, and she's got her kids and all these groceries in her basket coming out of uh, the Kroger down the street. And it, this is crazy on both sides. I'm standing there and I see her and it's not letting up. And I said, ma'am, you got your hands full. Do you want me to bring your car up and just set it right here? And like, I can help you get the groceries and then you can t- handle the kids and, and you can go. That lady gave me her keys hmm. and I drove up there and did all that. And I'm thinking to myself, that was insane. She didn't know me from at like right. that could have gone to <clears throat> right. a whole other level. I could have stolen her car. Yeah. What's sad to me is that I know that you thought that, right? That that's a reality. Yeah, that yeah. that's a reality. Right. Because the truth is there's not that many people that do that, but that mm-hmm. does happen. The I truth know. is that there's so many more people and so many more men in our situation that could right. do that that don't. And that they right. just should, because then their right. kids will see that. And even if my boys were with me, I'd be like, come on, boys. And I'd have had yeah. them sit in her front seat and we'd have driven around and we've gotten right. it. And that would open up the opportunity for conversation yeah. uh, mm-hmm. to say, like, why did you do that? Like, what in the world? Well, yeah. she had her hands full. And it's, sometimes it's really difficult as a mom to this or that. I mean, I think of my own wife, right? Mm. She doesn't go to the, to the grocery store with the kids because there is a fear of her being hurt or whatever. Right. And I don't, I walk around without that fear. Like I don't even understand that fear at all. I walk around, I hold the kids. I let them mm-hmm. like, they're all around me. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I never am afraid that someone's right. going to try and hurt me or take right. the kids. And that just comes from the fact that what being, I do and yeah. who I am and being a guy I think and being a dude, being, like, yeah, part of being a dude or even a white guy. It's like, we don't yeah. really think about a lot of stuff yeah, because of the privilege. And so, you know, what you said, I think is so key is that, you know, we're using our privilege, our power, our manness, whatever you want to call it. Sure. Because there's too many men, and I agree with you, far too many men that are that are good, decent men that don't use that, that actually, and I think that is actually weakness. Yes. Um, that's weakness, is not doing the right thing, the good thing, the just thing, when you see someone being harmed or oppression happening or whatever, fill in the blank, mm-hmm. someone being used, abused, that's weakness. Um, yes. And those men... Those men, they have to take that with them to yeah. wherever they go, to the grave. Like that's something that sits on them. But what you're teaching your kids, even your boys and modeling is, yeah, that's not what we do in this home. Right. We, I don't care if it's a person on at Kroger to side of the road uh, to a horror, horrific shooting that just happened again. How do we use our strength as men to help yeah. those in sorrow that are tearing their clothes that yeah. because there's so much pain, how do we help them there? How do we meet them where they are? How do we use, like you said, learn to use your voice, your strength, your power to not sit by idly, 
but to stand into even when uncomfortable, even with afraid. And often it's going to be, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's going to be, um, it's going to be an inconvenience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, but that's, that's what you're teaching. I think so needed for our men today that for the next generation is to, yeah, but you know, what's more than an inconvenience for the for the people that just lost something, well, they just lost their child or yeah. they lost, right? That is far beyond an inconvenience for them. Yeah. And I, again, I can't even, I was thinking about this the other day. I'm like, I can't even, I, part of me compartmentalizes this. Sure. <laughs> um, because if I just sat with this full, you know, I would just lose it. And just, I'm feeling my eyes watering now, just even thinking yeah. about it, like trying to put myself there with my kid. And yeah. You, you know, so there's definitely a part of me that compartmentalizes as my own survival. Like if I'm honest, like just, I just put it here in a box oh, and say, okay, fine. well, you know, it didn't happen to me, uh, which is honest. Like it didn't. Um, right. and, and I, I'm thankful for that. And, it, but if I allow it to come in, which I know I, I do and need to, is that the sorrow of my heart, I just, I can't even imagine in the tr- great evil, but the need to raise men, boys, to be men, to use their strength to fight for injustice, to stand up, whether they're at school in the playground, like, hey, if you see a kid getting bullied, you stand up, doesn't matter, yeah. you 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 don't you don't record it on your phone. Yeah. Right? No. <laughs> oh. You know, yeah. Uh, you, you don't sit there and, and film it. Uh no, you you go, you stand, or you get help. You do something to make movement. You don't mm-hmm. if you record on your phone, you might as well be doing the act yourself. I totally agree with that. I mean that's my stand my you might as well yeah. just, you're as bad, if not worse, than the person doing it. Yeah. And Don't, this is going to sound like publicity style, but someone's going to be filming that because that's what happens in our culture. Yep. So it's either the a viral video that shows somebody being hurt mm-hmm. in, in some way, or it's a viral video of this person stepped up and didn't right. let this happen. Yeah. And I'd rather see more of those viral videos. Oh, I mean, I, I don't know about see you. That. Yeah, I, I I well up with joy about the human spirit, and I get I get weird about people, just in the sense that I'm like, people are amazing, all the way mm. from like TikTok stuff that I've seen, like that's yeah. hilarious, or these dance moves, or what. I'm like, people are amazing, and then when you see this kind of stuff where there's real problems and real evil or real mm. like something going on that's like a pro, like an issue, and someone steps in, you're like. That's humanity right, right there. Right. And, you know, like it just, I got chills because it's like, that's, yeah, yeah. that's what we're supposed to do right there. So, yeah. and when I think about that, is like, when I think about my sons doing that, I'm like, that to me would be, a, that's what I want to see. And so yeah. that's what they have to see from me so that they're that kind of person. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's a, yeah. It's kind of like a gut punch when you realize that I drove by that car and I didn't stop and I should have, you yeah. know, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I was in a hurry. Yeah, and I was. A, yeah, this thing we're always in a hurry. I think that's our unfortunately one of our biggest issues that we face today is that we're hurried, we're busy. Yeah, yeah. Um, whether that's you're too busy to be with your kids and be present, um, <laughs> all the way to you're too busy to help someone in needing help who's right in front of you, or you're too busy to help the, you know, the parents that just lost their kids. Um, yeah. But part of I think being a good man is that you, it's it's going to be inconvenient and yeah. make that and make an inconvenience normal for you. I would say, I mean, yeah. make that just part of what you do. That that so it no longer becomes an inconvenience. It's like no, it's not inconvenient. Of course, like yeah. this is what we do, and this is what I teach my and bring your kids to do it with you. Um, obviously, safety, right? Um, yeah, safety so, first in that sense. But yes, a hundred percent. But with those things, it's like yes, you do that to model them because that's that's what they see. 
Are you just talking about it? You know, are we just, you know, for the men out there listening, are you just talking about the, what happened yesterday or what's happened so far this year? Yeah. Or we just, or it happens at their school yeah. um, with so many varying topics or are you actually showing them to do that in your home? What are you modeling every day? Um, and so if we could close with an encouragement for dads or a challenge, maybe sure. that's even better. Let's challenge dads Absolutely. as well and encourage. What, what would you say to dads and men right now as they're raising the next generation of kids or currently just with everything going on? What would you say? Yeah. Um, what I would say is that uh, the world needs more good men to raise mm-hmm. more good men. Um, so be one. Be one of those men who, who you become the best version of yourself. You have so much to offer to not only your family, but to mm-hmm. the world. So do the things it takes to be the best version of you so that you can do that. That's mm-hmm. not perfection. It's just, it's just right. striving. Yeah. Um, and in the midst, you will raise the next generation of good men mm-hmm. who will carry that on. And a legacy of good things comes from the man who chooses to start that way. Mm-hmm. Well said. Uh, Nate, I, you know, I appreciate having coming on and talking about this and, and everything that just happened yesterday so close to home for you guys. Um, yeah, and I think it's such a neat thing for men to have these, not just have these conversations, but to act and to do yeah. things, to actually stand up, to teach their kids, to show them what it looks like to model doing something. Um, and there's so many things that can be done around what happened yesterday and what's been happening um, on so many different levels, on, with so many different uh, topics and factors to actually do this. And so, you know, I challenge you dads too, just like Nate and myself, you know, this is not just for you, but for me too, of like, okay, Same. continue to be the man, a holistically healthy man, modeling to their kids and doing, doing it, doing the work, doing the inconvenient work, making that actually convenient, standing up for when you see evil and wrong being done right in front of your eyes, not just Absolutely. talking about it, but doing it, yep. um, taking, cause that's worth the time more than probably a bunch of other things that we, myself included, take time yeah. to do. Um, yeah way more important because that's what we're doing is we are raising the next generation and that next generation is we need more good in our world 100% more good of people doing people that do the good so Nate I appreciate you coming in and sharing your thoughts and just just your heart on this Um, I'll definitely have you on again soon so man you take care of yourself and your family and have a good rest of your day thanks so much man we'll see you thanks thanks for joining and listening today Please leave a comment and review the show. Dads are tough, but not tough enough to do this fatherhood thing alone.